Hi, I'm Rick Bieber. I wrote, produced, and directed The Fifth Quarter, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is Brian Zemrak with episode 155 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and what's coming your way as far as TV and movie DVD releases. And, of course, our interview segment. This week, we have a great guy coming in. We have Rick Beaver. He's a director and producer of the film The Fifth Quarter with Amy McDowell and Aidan Quinn and Ryan Merriman. It's based on a true story. It's a Great story, so if you get a chance to see that film, check it out. Also, Rick has produced such films as Flatliners with Julia Roberts and Made in America with Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson and Radio Flyer with Elijah Woods, all sorts of stuff. So you're going to tell us all about those and everything else. It's coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And I want to thank everybody who sent in some emails. And, uh, you know, I love hearing from you. And uh, why don't you tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond, because I'm sure on a long drive or anything, a commute they have or something like that, or working out in the gym, they'd love to hear some stories from the people who actually did these films and did these TV shows. I'm sure they'll find somebody on On Screen and Beyond who they've done. We've got 155 episodes out there, and it's still going, and we got a lot more coming your way. So I hope you're going to stick around, and uh, so share it with a friend. Let them know about it. And what do you say? I think it's time for... Uh, Little remake madness coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake madness. Well, the remake of Dark Shadows from Tim Burton is moving along with, of course, Johnny Depp as Barnabas Collins, and Helen Bonham Carter will play Dr. Julia Hoffman. Michelle Pfeiffer will be Elizabeth Collins Stoddard, and Eva Green will be Angelique. It's interesting to see who is uh, being put into these characters, uh, especially since you have a preset notion if uh, you remember the. TV show or if you watch the DVDs or anything like that. Uh, anyways, the remake of Daredevil will be directed by David Slade of Twilight Eclipse fame, and word is out that the remake of Yellow Submarine from Robert Zemeckis has been axed, and we'll let you know if anything changes on this. That's about it for Remake Madness, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming movies. Upcoming movies, well, Will Ferrell, Jeff Goldblum, John C. Riley are all part of the cast of Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. It's set for a 2012 release, and it's about two guys who get a billion dollars to make a movie, and everything goes wrong. Amber Heard will star in The Applicant. It's about a high school senior who seduces a Ivy League school's director of admissions and threatens to ruin his life if she does not get admitted into the school. And it looks like Quentin Tarantino is... Uh, Got another film in development. It's called The Angel, The Bad, and The Wise, and it's looking for a 2013 release. That's about it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to check out sequels down at Sequel City. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. 
sequel city, well, a fourth American Pie sequel is in the works, and Eugene Levy, Jason Biggs, and Sean William Scott have all signed on, and the first American Pie was released in 1999. Wow, time has gone by. And Resident Evil 5 has been optioned, and it's headed for a 2012 release, and Return of the Killer Shrews is in the works, and of course, James Best confirmed that last week right here on On Screen and Beyond, that a sequel will be made of the 1959 cult film, and uh, it's going to be made with, now get this, John Schneider, Rick Hurst, and James, of course, all alumni from the Dukes of Hazard. And uh, you can check out last week's show of On Screen and Beyond to hear James talk about it. And uh, that's about it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take you down to find out what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. It's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. TV on DVD, well, June 28th, you can get Warehouse 13 Season 2 as it arrives in stores from Universal Studios. And June 7th, catch Pretty Little Liars Season 1 on DVD. And on June 21st, The Closer Season 6 arrives on DVD. And you can check out our interview with Tony Dennison, who plays Lieutenant Andy Flynn on The Closer. And that's in Episode 141 of On Screen and Beyond. He talks about the, the show and everything. He's good, good guy. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, movies coming your way on DVD. Movies on DVD, well, May 17th, The Right with Anthony Hopkins lands on DVD. And on May 3rd, The Dilemma with Vince Vaughn arrives on DVD and Blu-ray. And Adam Sandler's Just Go With It comes to DVD on June 7th. So you can check that one out. And, of course, it's still out in theaters right now, so you can see it there if you want. And coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, our interview segment is going to be with Rick Bieber. He's director of The Fifth Quarter. He's also the producer. It's got Andy McDowell, Aidan Quinn, and Ryan Merriman in it. Based on a true story, it's good films. You get a chance to check it out. And he, of course, Rick also has produced films such as Flatliners and Made in America and Radio Flyer and all sorts of stuff. It's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining me today on On Screen and Beyond is a producer, director, and he has worked with such actors as Kirk Douglas, Danny Glover, Ed Harris, Andy Garcia, Julia Roberts, Charles Bronson, and John Candy, just to name a few. His films include Flatliners, Made in America, and Radio Flyer. His latest film is The Fifth Quarter, which he wrote, directed, and produced. It's Rick Beaver. Rick, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, Brian. Nice, uh, nice to be here. Rick. You know, I, I have my notes that I was writing on the plane while I was flying out here, but uh, until I actually saw the film, it, it's it's a very emotional film. Uh, how did you come up with the with the story? Uh, I realize this is a, a, a true story, correct? Yes, it is. Uh, it uh, it took place in two thousand and six. 
um, I was um, contacted by an acquaintance, um, a sports manager, who is very familiar with the family, who are the uh, primary subjects of the story, and familiar with um, the 2006 Wake Forest uh, football season. And um, he, um, he basically had suggested to me that this might be you know, a great story to be translated into a film project. And, um, and so I ended up meeting with the Abadi family um, in December of 2006. It was actually right before the Orange Bowl in Miami. And over dinner one night, we, we agreed to do just that, you know, attempt to uh, translate their very personal and intimate story um, into, a, uh, into a film adaptation. The other question I had was, now, before we get into more of the story, uh, writing, directing, and producing. You wore a lot of hats in this film. Uh, were you used to this? You've done this before, though, right, doing all three? You know, I, I have, but, but, uh, but only within the last several years. Uh, most of my career has been as a producer. Um, I always did write um, quite a bit. Um, oftentimes on films I produced, um, uh, even if it wasn't uh, credited. But, um, but I've, I've now done all three on the last um, three films that I've made. And um, I, I love it. You know, for me, it's a, it's a joy to, um, to direct actors, you know, who are basically reading words that, that I had written. Um, uh, in some respects, although there, you know, there's certainly a lot of responsibility, it's almost an easier process, a direct line from, you know, what, um, what you imagine in your mind's eye to what you attempt to convey onto film. And uh, so, you know, the only people I can really argue with uh, are myself. Um, and, you know, to that extent, uh, um, it's, uh, it's a lot simpler oftentimes and, and a bit more efficient. But I, I really, I, uh, I love it. Now, do you find yourself, as you're going through directing the film, do you find yourself doing little minor changes in the writing as you're doing it? Sure. Um, and oftentimes, you know, the actors bring so much to... Um, to the scenes um, in terms of either language changes or just performances that uh, are a bit different than I had imagined they would be, or, you know, just hearing the words and, and, uh, and deciding that, um, that, you know, it needs to be a little different or better. Or, uh, so, yes, um, being a writer-director is also very helpful in that regard. You know, you can make on-the-spot changes um, when you feel it will improve the scene or the dynamics between two characters, uh, the drama, you know, in a particular situation. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't do it often, <clears throat> and, you know, I do tend to stay pretty close to, you know, the material. But um, but sure, you you know you you stay open to whatever you know might improve the improve the movie. Now, how close to what actually happened in the you know in real life in the story did you stick, or did you move away from it a little bit? You know, for d dramatic uh, effect and things like that. You know, in this particular um, case, um, the events are extremely close to what actually occurred. Um, during the course of, of this, you know, this year, this calendar, 2006. Um, 
Sure. O oftentimes, and I've done this before in other movies that were based on true life events, you know, you take certain liberties, um, uh, you know, the events inspire, you know, the drama or the characters or the relationships. But, um, but that wasn't the case in this film. Um, I really did not editorialize all that much. I tried to maintain the integrity of the story as best I could. You know, I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours with the family, um, with uh, Coach Grobe, who is the head football coach at Wake Forest, um, with uh, some of the other players. I really uh, attempted to use a lot of their language um, and, um, and their, you know, sort of emotion um, in, in the actual scenes. Um, you know, a lot of the dialogue is mine, but, uh, but, the, but the events that uh, sort of occur throughout the course of the film actually did uh, transpire. And, and one thing we don't like to do on our show is, is give away the story. And uh, because it's just, you know, that's something I don't, no movie do I want to tell somebody about. And then why should they go see it? You know, I mean, yeah, that's a good story. So I'm not going to tell anybody what happens in it. But all I can say is bring tissues oh, they have to <laughs> but um the, tell us about the cast i mean you have a they did a fantastic job yeah thank you um it is a very emotional story you know it is a story without giving it away um that um that is initially you know quite tragic um and ultimately extremely inspirational um I had always had Aidan Quinn in mind. You know, I think Aidan is really one of our finest film actors. Um, he has just great um, strength and depth and soul. And um, there were some critical scenes for his character that really would make or break this film. And I, I just knew that, um, that you know, Aidan was perfect and, and, you know, would deliver the the... Um, the type of performance, um, the type of moving performance that I was really looking for. And I was trying to create a family that was not dissimilar to the actual Abadi family in terms of um, their personalities and how they sort of interrelated. And, um, uh, and Aiden, you know, his, um, his character was actually quite close to Stephen Abadi, who he plays in the film. Andy McDowell, <coughs> um, really brings uh, tremendous uh, dignity and strength. Um, it's a very courageous performance on her part, I think more dramatic, um, and I'm not being particularly objective about this, uh, admittedly so, but you know, I really do think more, more dramatic than we've seen her you know, in quite a while. Um, and, uh, and you just love her. You know, I, I don't think you, know, you, you can watch Andy and, and, and not just, uh, just love her and feel for her. Um, Ryan Merriman is a young actor who's enormously appealing um, uh, and very physical, and he plays a football player and has to really, you know, sort of deliver on the authenticity of, um, of that type of uh, athleticism, which he does. Um, so, you know, I was, I was really um, sort of combining um, actors, uh, trying to uh, just ensure the fact that Ultimately, the cast, um, again, sort of maintained the integrity of who these real people were. Um, the actor, Mike Harding, who plays Coach Jim Grobe, is, is really an unbelievable um, and sort of dead shot for Jim Grobe. 
Um, I mean, there are, there are people that think that, you know, the coach actually portrayed himself in this film. Um, yeah, he did an amazing job. You know, he studied his mannerisms and his speech pattern and, uh, and really did a fantastic job. So, um, you know, casting is everything. You know, the faces in the movie are everything. And especially, you know, for a director, if you have the right actors, you know, and sort of 90% of your job is, you know, is done. So um, we really took our time and, and, and made sure that we found the right people for this film. We hit it dead on, that's for sure. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Um, now, every film deserves to be seen, but there are other some films that really deserve to be seen. And are you going to be going to other film festivals, or is this being picked up, or is it going to DVD, or what's happening with the film? Um, well, you know, thank you for, you know, for, uh, for those kind words. No, the film will be released theatrically. Um, it will uh, be released on a regional platform basis starting on March 25th. Um, it opens in um, several um, cities, primarily in the southeast, where the story took place, um, and uh, in about 150 theaters or so. And... Um, uh, knock on wood, if it, you know, performs well and does uh, well, you know, in terms of word of mouth, the release pattern will continue to expand nationally. Um, and um, and I, I do hope that it, uh, it has a legitimate shot. I'm very hopeful about that. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, um, you, you're, you're right. You know, a lot of times you can make a terrific movie and, and no one ends up seeing it. Um, if it's not a uh, studio-funded film, but uh, but in this case, I think um, we've been we've been very fortunate. You know, it has certain elements of family and faith um, and football, uh, and uh, and we've had a lot of tremendous support um, from different institutions and organizations who want this movie to be seen, um, and so we were able to. Um, attract uh, distribution companies who are supporting the film. Well, I'll tell you, I, I hope through this this podcast that people will know that if they see the chance to go see the fifth quarter, they should definitely go see it. it it's a tremendous film. I really enjoyed it. Um, wearing all the hats that you did wear in this film, uh, is there one that you, if you had, if you could only do one, is there something that you would like to do as opposed to all of them? Yeah, I love directing. You know, I mean, um, uh, feature films is really a director's medium, at least while you're shooting the movie. Um, and, um, you know, writing for me is was really sort of a vehicle um, through which uh, I could, uh, you know, I could direct. Um, I enjoy producing. I've done it for a long time. Uh, it's not something that I feel like I need to do, you know, uh, you know, as... I mean, typically, I, I tend to be one of the more experienced producers on the film, so it's easier for me sometimes to 
be a producer on films that I write and direct. But um, but the directing is a joy, you know, working with the actors, working with the cinematographer, you know, and, um, you know, the production designers, you know, really you, all of your key creative personnel in, um, you know, in such a uh, an immediate and intimate fashion. You know, it's a, it's a collection of filmmakers who come together um, and try to realize, a, you know, a vision. And working independently, I think, is even that much more joyous because um, all of the decisions are made on the set, you know, amongst the filmmakers who are there. Um, there isn't a studio or a network or, you know, some uh, other remote, um, you know, sort of organization that you're necessarily accountable to as you're making the movie. So you really do have the opportunity to make the movie that you believe in, you know, good or bad. Um, you know, whether it works or not, you know, it's... Uh, you could take either the credit or the blame for it, but at the end of the day, at least um, at least you have the chance of, of, of realizing a particular vision. So, um, yeah, so directing is, is uh, of the three, you know, by far the most fulfilling for me. And uh, as far as when you were growing up as a kid, were you into filmmaking back then? Is that what you wanted to be, or what, what did you want to be when you were growing up? I was a musician. Uh, I... Uh, uh, guitar, jazz guitar. I taught guitar. I uh, taught music, uh, actually, um, some at private schools. And um, no, film, uh, you know, it just evolved that way. Um, I actually was working in the, um, in the business department of Columbia Pictures. Uh, and that was the first time I ever read a script. Uh, and uh, became a bit of a script hound, you know, just read everything I could get my hands on, and then really just sort of pestered the then um, administration of Columbia to uh, move me from the business side of the company to the creative side of the company. I became a production executive, um, and I was an executive at Columbia, I was an executive at HBO, and, um, and then I moved on to um, produce um, independently. Now, in 2008, um, I was looking over your, your credits here, and uh, you produced Illusion with Kirk Douglas. Now, what was it like to work with such a legend? I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's Kirk Douglas. Well, it's the second time I worked with Kirk. Um, yeah, I actually um, had worked with Kirk uh, many years ago, 20 years ago. Um, I was an executive running the film division of HBO. And I had cast uh, Kirk and James Coburn um, in a satirical western about two aging uh, gunfighters, one outlaw, one sheriff. And um, and so uh, I actually got to spend you know quite a bit of time with Kirk then, and uh, through Kirk actually met Michael, um, and um, ended up um, having a professional relationship with you know with Michael Douglas for several years. Um, and so, you know, um, working with Kirk again, you know, much later on um, was, uh, was great. You know, it was a reunion of sorts, and it was great to see him. This was after his stroke, um, and it was really, you know, just um, pretty inspiring, you know, just to, again, see how strong he was, um, unashamed, you know, there was uh, not, he was not self-conscious at all. Um, you know, he just um, just put himself out there, and um, you know, never 
never really worried about um, about you know the handicaps that you know he was dealing with. Um, just really, uh, uh, you know, just such an iconic figure. Yeah. So um, of course it was uh, you know it was it was great to see him again. Now also uh, with Flatliners with Julia Roberts, Keith Sutherland, and Kevin Bacon was that your first film that you produced? It was my first feature. <clears throat> yeah. Um, again, I had, as an executive, um, I had overseen, you know, um, many movies, and, and in fact, had worked with Julia before, um, on also on an HBO movie called Baja, Oklahoma, that was based on a Dan Jenkins book uh, about an aspiring, uh, a, bar, a sort of a Texas barmaid who aspired to be a country singer. And it was Julia and Leslie Ann Warren and Peter Coyote and uh, um, Bill Forsyth and just a great, a great ensemble cast. And um, but yes, but um, but after uh, I had left uh, HBO, I had um, along with Michael Douglas uh, started a production company called Stonebridge Entertainment, and Flatliners was the first movie that we made, uh, which Joel Schumacher uh, directed. And, um, and, and as you suggest, it was with Julia and Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, Billy Baldwin, Oliver Platt. Um, it was a great uh, young ensemble cast. And, and as hard as it is for me to believe, it's actually, you know, celebrating its 20th anniversary, <laughs> which, uh, which is a scary thought. And I only know this because I get all the Google reports, you know, that, uh, that pop up. But um, uh, it, it hardly seems that long ago, but, but it is true. Now, I'm sure you're going to be working on this film, promoting it and everything for a while, but uh, is there anything on your agenda next that you can tell us about? Uh, there is, and I can tell you about it. <laughs> That's usually what happens, so I, I'm used to that, getting that answer. <laughs> I apologize for that. No, no, I understand, but I've I got to ask in case you know, there's something else that you can tell us about. Um, well, I want to finish up with, uh, you know, just uh, giving you a question that's sort of out of everything we've talked about. Um, you personally, what are your favorite TV shows of all time? Oh, my goodness. That is really a tough one. Well, I have to tell you, as a kid growing up, um, my favorite show was I Spy with Bill Cosby and Robert Culp. And it was really, you know, I mean, characters are everything. You know, whatever genre you work in, comedy or action or suspense thrillers, um, you know, it's all about characters and the interplay between the characters. And for whatever reasons, and at that time, um, I was enamored with the relationship that those two guys had and uh, the affection that they had for each other. Um, Sheldon Leonard, you know, produced it. It was one of the first TV shows that actually shot all over the world, um, as opposed to, you know, staying on stage in Burbank. Um, and, um, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I actually don't want to go back and see those episodes again, you know, and, and risk and risk being disappointed. But, yeah. but you know, as a very young teenager, I remember, you know, just sort of uh, loving that show. What about movies? What are your favorite all-time movies? Oh, that's, that's, that's such a cruel question. <laughs> you know, you hate to give, you know, the answer everybody gives, which is, you know, The Godfather saga and Raging Bull and, you know, all the Scorsese movies. You know, a, a few years ago, a friend of mine directed a film called, um, was it uh, Finding, Finding Neverland? Yeah. 
Was that? Uh, yeah, I loved that movie, um, and um, really thought that it was um, maybe sort of an outside shot at an Academy Award, which it, it did not win. But um, but I, I loved that that film. A couple of years ago, there was a small English film called An Education, you know, which I, I thought was you know sort of a perfect um, little film. Um, you know, there have been some wonderful films, obviously, this year, you know, um, uh, Social Network is great, you know, beautifully written film, um, Fighter is a terrific movie. Um, I don't know, you know, there's, there's a million of them, but... Um, okay, well, well, Rick, I want to thank you so much for taking the time, it, it, you know, it's, I know your film is being shown right now, and you're going to be talking again, I, I appreciate you s stepping back here and talking with me, and uh, thank you very much for doing it. Oh, it's my pleasure, Brian. Good luck. Uh, good luck on all your endeavors. Rick Bieber, the director and producer of The Fifth Quarter with Andy McDowell and Aidan Quinn and Brian Merriman. So based on a true story, it's a great film. It's so, so nice to be able to watch a film and then sit down with the director face-to-face -face and talk with them about the film because they tell you so much about it and you can get all the information from them. And uh, it's a very emotional film. If you can get a chance to see it, it's based on a true story. And if you get a chance to see it, whether you see it in the theater, right now it's probably out in, uh, in festivals and things like that. Hopefully they'll get some release. Uh, if not, when it comes out on DVD, check it out. The Fifth Quarter. Great film. You're going to love it. And I want to thank all the people who have been emailing us and uh, letting us know what's going on with their life and saying hi and all that sort of stuff and giving us suggestions. We appreciate it very much. If you want to contact us, contact us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and uh, we'll get back to you. Somebody will. I will. Whoever. But uh, uh, love hearing from you. And uh, let's see here. That's about a wrap for this episode of On Screen Again. Oh, I want to remind you if, you, if you get a chance and you're on Facebook, go ahead and like us. You know, we'd love to, to have you on there. And uh, also, uh, if you're on uh, uh, iTunes and you're downloading us from there, if you like the show, just leave a little you know, little message up there. You can uh, rate us and all that uh, at uh, iTunes, okay? We'd appreciate that. And uh, next week, without a doubt, I know I don't usually tell you who's coming up, uh, and I'm not going to tell you this time either, but I will tell you, we will be heading up to Walton's Mountain next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you're going to join us. And uh, when we once again take you on screen and beyond. Till then, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Thank you.